Thank you, Bernice. <laughs> what a blessing. She may be in pain, but she's always got such energy. We are looking at this passage in Leviticus. And we're talking about what might be the most important day in the calendar of Israel. The Day of Atonement. When we look at the calendar, which happens this Tuesday, October 4th, if you're looking today on our calendar, it's a day of joy. The day of Yom Kippur. It's a day of rest. It's a day of fasting. You guys know what that means, right? That means you don't eat. You know, from sundown to the next sundown, you're not eating. Some of you, that's really, really hard. Some of you are like, well, that's intermittent fasting. No, this is different than intermittent fasting. You're not just eating to lose weight. It's a spiritual fast. It's a day of fast. It's a day of sacrificing. It's known as the day or the great day. You might compare it to Good Friday in the, the Christian calendar because it's the day which we celebrate the death of the Lamb, the day of atonement. It was the day... When the high priest, after purifying himself, would enter into the Holy of Holies. So if you don't know, the tabernacle, which is a giant tent, or the temple, was divided into multiple sections. And this innermost section was the Holy of Holies. Mimicked after Eden, where the Holy of Holies, Eden, the garden in Eden... That was uh, where God's, God dwelled. And so it's the place where the holy place, where, they, where the, the, the seed of God was at, where God sat. And they would stand in his presence of the God and his throne. And they would make sacrifice for the people of Israel. The day actually would begin with... The high priest taking a bath, which for many of us is like, well, I hope so. I hope the person next to me when I go to church takes a bath. But in a society that did not have plumbing, and that doesn't happen many, much later, it's really quite a new thing for people to be bathing every day. It's really quite new. And in Jerusalem, we know that in different times of history, they would actually even wear perfume bottles around their necks because they didn't have deodorant either. The things we take for granted. <laughs> and so he would start with a bath, which was something special to purify himself. He would dress in his finest of robes. Ritual robes that had stones for every tribe and bells on it. 
so you could hear him walking. And he would begin the ritual for the Holy of Holy and the Holy Holy. See, we'd enter in and they tie a rope around his ankle, a cord around his ankle, because no one else can go in there except the high priest. So you couldn't go in there and get him if he died. Whether he went in and did something inappropriate or he just had a heart attack because that was his day, they couldn't go in and get him. So you had to tie a rope around him and make sure you could pull him out. <clears throat> and so he would go in and he would begin with a ritual of private offering, a private offering for sin. It's a sin offering for himself. He's got to purify himself before he can speak and for the public, he has to purify himself. And he slaughters the bull. And we enter into the Holy of Holies after he's done his purification for himself. And once inside the Holy of Holies, he would take a censer uh, of incense and fill the room with smoke to protect himself from the mystery of God. If you read your Old Testament... You'll see this image over and over again because this is what they're thinking of. They're thinking of when they go in and they fill the room because you can't see God face to face. So if you look at the Old Testament, you're going to see, and the room was filled with his glory or we shone with bright reverence from his, and we all saw was his feet because you can't see God's face. So they would fill the room with incense to protect against the seeing God face to face and they would protect them. Then he's going to receive blood of the bull and sprinkle it on the mercy seat and the ark seven times in order to cleanse himself. And then he's going to atone for the sins of the people. Because this was during the year you might make sacrifices for your own personal sins, but this was the one that covers everything. This is the day of atonement. And celebrates all the different, whether you've, did your sacrifice. This was to cover the people. Then during the day, there'd be two goats selected, chosen by the casting of lots. Maybe Urim and Thurim. I can't ever say those words right. Anyways. One of the goats was the Lord's goat. And one of the goats was the Azazel goat. Now, some people believe that Azazel is a demon. And some people believe that Azazel is, comes from the Arabic, Aramaic word, which means to go out. So it's the goat that goes out. I'll let you make up your own mind on that one. But this goat that goes out, we commonly know as the scapegoat. Have you ever heard of someone called the scapegoat? It comes from this practice where you have two goats. The Lord's goat, and they got to choose which, the, 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 the cast lots to choose which one was which, and they tie a, a red cord around the the Azazel goat. And then they would take the Lord's goat and they would slaughter it. And the blood would be sprinkled on the ark seven times. 
And then you would take the bull that was slaughtered earlier and the goat, and you'd mix its blood together and you would sprinkle on the temple veil or the curtain. Remember that veil that was split in two when Jesus died? That kept, it was a big heavy veil that kept people from going into God's presence accidentally. And so you would sprinkle on that. Then you have two incense horns were filled with blood. And the rest would be, pure, or would be uh, poured out on the altar, altar for a burnt offering. Imagine that smelled really good. Finally, the zazel goat, or the scapegoat, is offered. The people would verbally confess their sins. They would lay hands on the, the goat saying, this, is our, this represents us. This represents our sins. And then the goat would be beaten, pricked, plucked, kicked, whatever. Make it very miserable so that it would want to leave. So you take it out into the desert and send it on its way. It would leave. Take the sins of the people out into the desert. Now, over time, they develop these stations that they go through. Kind of like we have the stations of the cross today. You know, a lot of them that were not even actually in the scriptures, they've been added on. You know, this is where he fell down, this is where he did this, and this is where he did that, and this is what happened. And you have the stations that you would fall around, and this is the stations cross. They would have the same kind of stations for the goat. And eventually it was, the idea was they would um, take it up on a high cliff and tie a rock around the goat and shove it to its death. Probably... Because if they were just plucking it and sending it on its way, the goat started coming back sometimes, and they didn't want it to come back. Then the fat of the sacrifice, and the goat was was, and the bull was burned, and the the fat the and then they the fat bearers, those who contained the fat, those who carried the fat, would have to have a bath to purify themselves from that. And by that time, the fast is over. And the ritual was to forgive the people of their sins. Now, most people in the community did not get to witness all this. They knew it was going on, but think about it. It's not like they had TV to live stream it. Hi, everyone who's live streaming with us. They didn't have that. They were in their homes fasting, praying, reading their Torahs if they had a Torah or reciting many of them had to recite the torah depending on what time period you're looking at and they were celebrating the forgiveness of their sins and this seems so confusing to us i mean think about it we don't I mean, how many of you guys are comfortable with the idea of slaughtering an animal? Some of you guys are like, I'm vegan, I don't even eat them. I don't like the idea of eating, the killing them just to cook it. And in fact, some of you are so vegan that you're anti-everyone who does eat meat, because you're like, no. Killing an animal is bad. So slaughtering an animal for your sin sounds way out there. We've had record all the way back as human history of animals being slaughtered for sins. Not just in Israel, Egypt, Mesopotamia, everyone, they all have these practices. 
of the blood covering their sins. God met them with these practices where they're at, and it seems so foreign to us, but this was normal. And actually, if we, a lot of times we misunderstand what Jesus is doing because we don't understand these practices, that the New Testament is full of the language of the sacrifice that we just find so foreign. Because they use the language of Jesus to, he is our sacrifice. He sacrificed himself. Not that he was killed, he sacrificed himself. He, his blood over us. Just as that lamb's blood was spilt seven times and poured out for God. Talk about pouring it out on the altar. Brings new meaning to be a poured out offering, Right? And he talks about um, the scapegoat. The book of Romans talks about our, his sin, our sins being thrust upon him and his righteousness being upon us, taking the image from the scapegoat, the Azazel goat. Because it was, um, that's the imagery they're playing on because that was where they were. That's what they were they knew. And so we, we have to capture this, this way of thinking as we're, we're processing, even though it seems so foreign to us. Now today, this ritual cannot be completely performed. There's no blood sacrifice for the sin of the people. Why not? Well, Jesus played our sins for us. But there are people that don't believe in Jesus. They can't do it either. There's no temple. In AD 70, the year of our Lord 70, the Romans destroyed the temple, which Jesus actually said was coming in the book of Luke, chapter 21, where he reads, When you see Jerusalem surrounded by the armies, then recognize that as the desolation has come near, then those in Judea must flee to the mountains and those inside the city must leave it and those who are in the country must not enter it because these are the days of vengeance to fulfill the Lord, all things that are written. Woe to the pregnant women and the nursing mothers those days for they will be in great distress in the land and wrath against the people and they will be killed by the sword and led to captivity into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Interesting enough, and here's some homework for you guys. You can do this this week. Go and compare what happens in the Roman capturing of Jerusalem with Leviticus chapter 26. Interesting study there for you. During the Roman siege of the city, food, water, and supplies couldn't come into the city. People started getting dehydrating and starving to death. They ate dirt to carve their hung to curve their hunger. Can you imagine being so hungry? Some of you guys like fasting, like I'm hungry. Some of you guys are already thinking about lunch. I'm hungry. This is hungry, where you're to the point where you're like, I need some. Dirt in my stomach because I'm hurting so bad. Nursing mothers were so malnourished that they couldn't even feed their babies. By the time the Romans come in, 
there's no resistance. It is said by the historians that anywhere from 500,000 to a million people died at that, that siege. During the siege of Rome, uh, uh, of Jerusalem by the Romans, it was said that there was actually a command not to destroy the temple, but an accidental fire destroyed part of it, so they, they gave another command to destroy the whole temple. So there is no temple today. You can't go to the temple of the Holy of Holies and do this feast. We don't even know exactly where the Ark of the Covenant is, though different groups say this is the Ark and some different we know where it's at, different groups. So, so we're not sure as an as a overall public. They don't have, we don't have the temple. Actually, in fact, and this attitude's starting to change because some people are saying that's not where the real art of the temple was, but the, the common belief is where the temple is supposed to be set up of is, the, is where the mosque is at. There's no temple. They had venerated the temple. God let it be destroyed. Venerated the temple. What's that word? That means raise it up above its really it's where it's supposed to be, right? They, they came to the idea that God was only in the house. Only in that house, right? Oh, I don't know. I've, I've met some of you guys that are like that too. Oh, God's only in this house. Only in this Not any of the other churches. This one. And he's not in my gym, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Only when I'm here do I meet with God. That's venerating the temple. So there's no more sacrifice. This is the time of the Gentiles. And the wonderful thing is we don't need the sacrifice because of the blood of Jesus. The one who is God and, and was God and lived a perfect Jewish life according to the 613 laws of the, the Old Testament so he could be the perfect sacrifice and, and died and, and was tortured so that his blood would cover us. Raised from the dead to give us a new life, right? As I think about this holiday, I think about how we are tempted, like they were tempted, to put our, our trust in temporary places or temporary things. You know, worship a, pers a person. Not Jesus Christ. And we like to hold on to things, places, you know, like we like to worship. You know, we come to, you know, some of you, I, I, I go to church to worship God. I go to the football game, the, the football stadium to worship my football God. I go to the bank to worship my God and my money. I go to the garage to worship my car, my God and my car. And I go to, that's a temporary attitude. Oh, you say, well, I don't worship any other gods. I'm looking at your attitudes, your actual life processes, not just what you say, Right? So should you, right? We, don't have, we, 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 we judge where our hearts are at by our actions, not by... And we like to focus on temporary things like, like payday 
or like going to church, right? Like going to church will save you. We're not just going to church. This church at this service, those 8 o'clock people, they don't count. Sorry, online people, you don't count. You're not here with me now. That's a temporary attitude, a wrong attitude. That's a horrible attitude because we worship a God that is so much more than that, but we, 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 we tend to try to focus just like they did on these things. I don't know how many times I've heard things like, you know, if I'm good enough, I'll go to heaven. I got a word, you're not good enough. I know you lived a pretty good life, you know. You, you almost never murdered anyone. You lived a pretty good life. You're not good enough. I don't know how many times I've had this conversation with someone. Well, you know, if I give my car, will that get me into heaven? And I wish I had said that's not, you know, but that's a real conversation I've had with people. I want to donate my car. Why? So I can go to heaven. That's a real conversation I've had. Or a real conversation I've had, well, I'm good enough. Or a real conversation I've had, well, I just don't know if they're a Christian because they don't attend the same church I do. Well, do they confess Jesus as the Lord and Savior? Well, yes. They believe it in their heart? Well, yes. That's what the Bible says, right? Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. You are saved. It doesn't say attend Laughlin Community Church. Though I'm glad you're here. You too, online people. I'm glad you're here. It is great to be here. When we treat God like this, we treat him more like he's Santa Claus, right? I don't want to be on the naughty list, the hell list. If I'm good enough, I can be on the good list, right? That's the present list. I want to be on the present list. But Jesus died to be that ultimate sacrifice. So we have all the reason to celebrate with our brothers and sisters across the world on the Day of Atonement because we have atonement for our sins in Jesus Christ. What a blessing that is. What a wonderful gift that Jesus is, that he gave us this this ability to to worship and, and be in joy with him that he sacrificed himself. Take away the punishment of our sins, casting himself upon us. And what a blessing that is. And so as we think about, you know, our next steps or our next, our next what happens next, we think about things like, well, one, am I covered by the blood of Jesus Christ? That means how do I believe in him? Have I confessed him with my mouth? Not just, I'm a Christian because I go to church. Though I've had that conversation too. 
not I'm a Christian because my mama was a Christian, because I was raised in a Christian house. I'm glad you're raised in a Christian house, but that don't make you a Christian. It says you have to believe and confess, right? That's what it says. Are you covered? And that's what baptism, we, we, we celebrate that with baptism, right? We raise, we, we, we buried with him. As the water covers us, we are raised to walk. It's a symbol of being walked. And so maybe your next step is you need to be baptized. You need to accept Jesus Christ. You want to say, or you've already accepted, but you need to be baptized. Or maybe you've got something in your life that is really hindering. Because, you know, the wonderful thing about the, the atonement of God is that he has broken the chains of slavery, but that doesn't mean that we don't hold on to those chains ourselves sometimes. And, you know, there's nothing that you can do to make God love you any less. There's nothing you can make God do to make, you lo- to love him, make him love you any more. But that doesn't mean that because he is holy, sometimes we get things in our lives that we need to get rid of. And that was part of the process of Yom Kippur. That is part of the process of Yom Kippur is we evaluate the sin in our own lives. That's why we, sat, we, 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 we sacrifice. That's why we uh, fast. It's because we need to look in a retrospect. What are the things in my life I need to get rid of? Those sins that are keeping me from being like God. Because He has purified you. And He's thrown His... He, you cast your, just like that as days ago, you cast your sins upon Him and his righteousness upon you. And he's thrown his righteousness upon you. And righteousness calls to righteousness. And you've been called to righteousness. And so there's some things in our lives sometimes we say, I'm not righteous. And I'm not saying you need to follow all the rules that we've created here in the United States for you know, what a good Christian looks like. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm calling you to Righteousness. to living a life of purity because he is pure. And we don't have a temple anymore because the Holy Spirit, that person that came beside you, that Holy Spirit, you know the word that says come up beside you? You are the temple. It says you live within, you become the temple. So every day is a, worship, a day of worship. And every day we are in the presence of God. So we need to be pure before his presence. And sometimes there's things, and that means sometimes you need to get together with someone else because you can't do it on. You're not supposed to do it on your own. That's not how it's supposed to work. We're in a community together. You're not supposed to do it by yourself. So uh, gather together with your brother and your sister and and do this together. You say, I need help getting over this. I need help putting this sin to death. I keep saying, forgive me, but I keep going back to it. You know, like a dog returns to its vomit, so a man returns to its sin. That's what the psalmist tells us. And many of you feel that way. I know I need to. You know why you can't get over it? Because you're trying to do it by yourself. 
So don't do it by yourself. So maybe your next step is to purify yourself. Get right. Maybe you need to take the next steps to purify yourself. Maybe you need to choose forgiveness right now. We need to be covered by the Lamb's blood in that day of atonement. Let's rejoice today in atonement. Father God, I praise you today, Lord. I thank you for this wonderful blessing of atonement, Lord. I praise you for just uh, giving us that ultimate gift that we can have your, your blood upon us and your righteousness upon us. Make us whiter than snow. Help us to draw together that we may overcome our sins together. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.